0: And we're back. Holy crap. It's the year 2020, Bob. Oh, I have so much disappointment about the statement of year 2020. I just can't even... Not really about the year itself or anything that it may or may not bring, but, you know, there's just a lot of bullshit flying around right now about not just new year, new me, new decade, new me, whatever they're saying, I have no
1: idea. Yeah, this is the uh, the time of year when you start thinking, man... Maybe I should lose some weight. And of course, you, you know, even if you do lose weight, it finds you because the only thing that really works is changing the whole lifestyle thing. Like, I don't know, moving to a state with mountains and hiking all the time. Hey, let me tell you,
0: that doesn't take off weight either, by the way. Damn
1: it. <laughs> Ah, well, that stinks. Um, so according to Back to the Future 2 in 1989, in the year 2015, not only will the Cubs win the World Series, which was almost accurate, is off by like one year, but we'd be flying around in our automobiles, Bob. Are we there yet?
0: Well, it depends what you call flying around. <laughs> <laughs> hey <laughs> so Yeah. We have some autonomous features and functionality in some of our vehicles um we even kind of have
1: hovery skateboardy things yeah. not really though i don't know so uh it's been a few weeks since we've had a pod we've had a few holidays today as i saw on the internet is the Mondayest thursday of the entire year and it, it <laughs> certainly felt that way
0: this whole holiday break has been the shittiest shitty of anything you could just fill in the blank monday tuesday wednesday
1: Bleah. did you uh, acquire or partake in anything especially notable over the holidays
0: i had two of my three kids home so that was kind of cool would have been nice to be three for three um didn't really get any tech related gifts we're really minimizing the whole christmas thing got a cool piece of artwork though that I was looking at and my kids noticed that I was looking at it and they bought it for me
1: so awesome so is it hanging it yeah. in said um, domicile? It is prominently
0: displayed in the dining area. It is a collection of handcrafted um, pine trees. They are I think they're created with a arc welder. To actually cut out the metal, and then he uses some kind of patina technique to give them a cool bluish-green tint. They're pretty awesome. That's How about great. you?
1: Um, Yeah, so we are highly evolved uh, people as a couple, my wife and I, that is. We don't buy each other gifts, so we usually tend to buy the kids some gifts. We've uh, decided to go on a vacation a little a few weeks after the holiday, so that was part of their gift. And then the fun thing I got to play with over the last week or so is a vinyl cutter that was not a part of Christmas. It was just one of those things sitting in a box that nobody I can't believe you had
0: one of those and no one was using it. That's crazy.
1: Well, my wife's very into scrapbooking and she actually bought it for herself. And then once I learned we had said thing in our possession, boom, started using it. And I've already made some stickers and uh, tried screen printing with making it a laser cut stencil, some really cool things you can do.
0: So I've seen pictures and some of the stuff looks pretty big. What's the, like, I don't really know much about vinyl cutters and maybe some of our listeners don't. What, uh, yeah, but I saw his and hers above your bathroom. That's pretty big.
1: Uh, Yeah, so... Um, out of the box, so I have the Cricut, or we have uh, I like it's mine now. <laughs> okay, uh, I, we've got that's beautiful. Isn't it? We've got the Cricut Explorer Air Two. I'm looking at it here. It is on my desk, so possession is nine tenths of the law. So uh, out of the box, it cuts a twelve by twelve uh, piece of vinyl if you want, and then it goes up to twelve by twenty four if you buy a optional mat, which I've totally bought, and then. Really, the sky's the limit, because if you need something bigger than that and you're using Cricut, you just basically print it in sections and you put it together.
0: So you tile it out, huh?
1: Yeah. So the his and hers that you can find on my Instagram and or my Twitter account. Yeah, you probably won't go look for it, (laughs) but I'm just saying um, the his and hers are one piece each and they are fairly large. They're like, I don't know. Oh, those are one piece? Yeah, they're one piece each. Yep. So they worked probably on the twelve by twenty four. though. yes, that is correct. And I've nice. since printed um, some stickers, some JavaScript stickers. It's great for like laptop stuff. I'm showing Bob here some stickers to the camera. I've I made one here for one of my kids oh, for on Grant. Instagram. Yeah. Yep, and I made him a white and a black version. I made a an airborne patch because I was in. Uh, airborne in the army here this is gonna go to my car and if you notice what bob can see is that you can have multiple colors which is really cool you just layer them on there you cut them in you cut you know one color then you cut the other color then you put them on top of each other it's pretty cool is any of this computer driven or is this all manual um well the cutting and the designing is all computer driven (gasps) the cutting is like CNC. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Here, let me let me show <gasps> I had you. I no idea. I'm showing Bob here the uh, the Cricut here. I push the button. It is opening majestically here, it, and my jaw is <laughs> dropping as the doors open. So how much does a Cricut run you? Uh those are two hundred bucks, and there's different versions. Like version one back in the day, you you got like Nintendo cartridges, where basically you know you had to buy this cartridge from the local craft store, plug it in like a video game. And then you got to choose, you know, from an enumerated list of things. And it was kind of shitty after a while because you're like, but I want to print this custom thing. Oh, here comes version 2.0. Version 2.0 is like, hey, we've got this app. And all you basically need is a transparent background uh, PNG file. And there we go. And then there's a ton of videos on YouTube to kind of get you going. and holy crap, I'm like pretty excited. not gonna lie. <laughs> you you appear to be having fun with it <laughs> yes. because I see lots of pictures. And so are you into you said you're integrating that with your screen printing as well? So uh, yeah, I guess I guess I haven't really talked about screen printing on the show. So I do screen printing. that's kind of like my analog um, hobby when I, we just want to get away from the digital world. And so um, there's many ways to screen print. And Bob, you said you used to screen print. Maybe you still do. but Not still, but used to, yes. But there's three primary ways. And uh, the first way I learned was you buy this thing called an emulsion sheet, which is pre-coated and it's sensitive to sunlight. You print something on a transparency, plop it on top, go out in the sun for a minute, and then you wash it out. And it works actually really well. Um, one drawback there is you can't keep tension on it, so it, it you know it's got its drawbacks. But it's very easy to uh, burn. The second is the traditional way, which is you you uh, scrape, I guess is the right, or you, you coat a screen, a traditional screen, yeah, you squeegee the screen. Yeah. Well, no, before you get to the squeegee, you you cover oh, yeah, an but emulsion. You spread
0: the emulsion. Yeah. yeah, you put the emulsion on the squeegee too. So
1: well, it's it, the thing I've got. It's like it's called a scoop coater, So you scoop coat it. And then that's like a... And then slosh it around. You've got to do it in a dark room. So I've had to put together a makeshift dark room from the house. I had to buy red lights and everything. And then I had to build, um, and I'm going to show Bob this. I don't know if you can see it. Right at the end of my desk here. great radio. I know. (laughs) Right at the end of my desk is a... uh, This houses my undeveloped screens because it's light sensitive. And so I turn all the lights out usually at nighttime, and then I expose them with UV light. So that's method two and method three to bring it back to the cricket is to vinyl cut something and then just apply it right to the screen. But you do it in reverse and put it on the bottom side and then you just squeegee it through. Now, I think that's brilliant. Now, each way actually has their pros and cons. You'd think that the vinyl cut way is like, well, why wouldn't you always do that? It's just less mess. Easy. The drawback is if you have very fine detail, the vinyl cutter isn't the best solution for that really yes you'll want to go traditional emulsion with the uv light or the or the first method did i see that you did our logo as a vinyl cut as well i did and that turned out really freaking well so if you want like a car sticker oh that's great yes oh shit yeah did you remake the um did you remake the audio waves or was that right from the logo file? that is right from the audio file. i did not remake anything
0: damn that did look good um actually if anyone's interested in checking that out uh did you share that on the show, Twitter?
1: Uh, you know, I have no idea anymore. We have so many accounts, both personal and professional podcasting accounts, that <laughs> it's really hard to keep track of them all. Super,
0: yeah. super professional yeah. podcasting accounts. So um, before we get into the meat of the show, this is kind of like a little transitional thing. Speaking of the show social media, uh, one of the show New Year's resolutions that I've made for myself is to try to be more engaged in the marketing of the show. So I want to share with listeners, since we're less than 10 minutes in, and maybe most of you are still here, our primary platform appears to be, looking back at the 2019 stats, uh, Spotify. So if you are on Spotify, please, uh, I think they have a follow button. And using that follow button actually subscribes you to the podcast, but then also helps um, Spotify's algorithm determine where to show our podcast is recommended to some folks that may not have heard uh, us in the past couple of years. So,
1: so that's if good. you could do that, that'd be very helpful. That's a great resolution. Um, I have traditionally stayed away from resolutions, but I did give myself some. So a little more personal info about me. I am a uh, arms dealer of Lego. So you scared the (laughs) shit out of me for a second. (laughs) No, I buy, sell uh, Lego and that's kind of a finicky thing because, you you know, you just got to pick out the right ones and you, you basically turn around and keep them for a while and you sell them. But what I learned with that experience is, wow, it is really awesome to make money while you sleep. And I've tried six ways from Sunday to to make money in software, like in open source projects, making this little library, that is a, that is a tough business. So selling freaking Legos has made <laughs> me like a million times more money than any software gig I've tried to do on the side, just, just putting that out there. So the problem with Lego is, is well, eventually you run out of the good stuff. So I've been into woodworking slash screen printing for the last uh, four or five, six months, And that's where my future efforts are going to continue. And I'm going to open up an Etsy store and I'm going to sell a bunch of woodworking stuff. And I like to really bore the shit out of people by posting all my projects that I do on Instagram often.
0: No, I love it because I'm not as artistic as I used to be. And it's cool to see you making stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm super engaged with all of my friends that do creative things outside of code. Um, cause I don't do
1: that much creatively outside of code. Well, except maybe podcast. I've definitely, I'm at peace with the idea that I'm a creative person, but I don't necessarily have to do it in the digital realm. And so I really, really, really like balancing my digital creativity with analog creativity. So I play music, play guitar. I, I draw, I you know, I, I fabricate. Kevin does all
0: the show artwork in case anybody didn't know that.
1: Yes. Stick so. figure art is harder than it looks. <laughs> <laughs> Especially
0: when you have an annoying co host. It's like,
1: <laughs> can you make it look like this? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the creativity thing, that's kind of my resolution thing. But in, so expect, um, more show swag, Bob and Kevin show branded show swag that you probably can't buy because you probably don't want to buy it. But, um, I might have, but if you're good listeners and
0: drop us some lines on social media,
1: maybe you'll just, you could yeah.
0: possibly get some.
1: And then, uh, I, I've done a lot of signs. I, so confession time, Kevin really likes Pinterest. And from what I understand, um, that's that's you know takes a lot of courage to, you know, to <laughs> to say that. So, I really like Pinterest and I steal all my great woodworking ideas from there. There I said it. You use it as your creative muse, you don't steal. Yeah, I like the you you could be my marketing manager if this ever goes anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I
0: don't think you're going to need one. I think the shop speaks for itself. Well, all right. So, we've talked a little bit about some resolutions. Um and I think that it's a very popular hip trendy thing for shows like ours to take a look back at the prior year in technology or whatever the topic of conversation is but since we did turn that big decade clock i think we turned the decade clock i think there's debate on that as well but everyone's saying we turned the decade clock so i think we're going to take a little bit of a look back at the the decade in tech you are listening to The Bob and Kevin Show
1: with Bob Beatty and Kevin Gieszewski. Each week we cover relevant tech and social issues related to technology. Our website is bobandkevin.show and our episodes can be found virtually on any podcast network. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search for Bob and Kevin Show. So uh, the other day, I think we agreed upon some uh, ground rules on what should we freaking talk about in our New Year's episode. <laughs> and you didn't follow any of the ground rules? Oh, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> so the rules were that we had to come up with the 10 best and 10 worst things and or releases or objects tech related in the last decade, right? That was kind of the right rules.
0: Yeah. And a little glimpse behind the curtain for those of you who listen to... We've probably mentioned this before. This show is not highly scripted at all. And when we do come up with topics like this, we don't share. Like, our our conversations during the day get very awkward because we want to talk about this stuff, but we can't. So I have no idea what Kevin's top 10 and top 10 lists are, and he has no idea what mine are. But I'm actually pretty excited to see if there's any overlap at all. And which would be even the most entertaining is if I have something on the good list and he has it on the bad or right. vice versa.
1: Like, it's like the naughty and nice list here. So, yes. Um, so so where do we want to start? Let Here, let's just. So I did rank. mine. did you rank yours? I don't know how heavy my rank are is. Mine are ranked out. in okay.
0: descending order from 10 to 1. Okay. I have two honorable
1: mentions in each category. All right. Very good. Let's Just, just give me your 10th best technology of the 2010s. Well, should I do my honorable
0: mentions first because they're outside the top 10? Uh, no. The- oh, we're going to close out with yeah, those we'll after we we'll get to out. the number one? Yes. So we're doing the
1: positive ones first? Uh, let's go back and forth. So we'll do a best one oh, and we'll a do worst the- one, and then so on and Okay. So
0: forth. All right, so this one is going to be my number 10 of the most positive things in tech from the last decade. For me... I said the rise of music subscription services in the end of the CD and digital piracy era. Hmm. I, I can't. Because, full disclosure, I used to sometimes stumble across music that I didn't own prior to the 2010s. That,
1: that's <laughs> interesting because um, are you including, or maybe you don't want to tell me, streaming video as well in this? This is specifically to music.
0: Okay. So so I was kind of looking at personal things so as well as like big industries.
1: So streaming is huge so, and it's such a strange concept to no longer have a tangible piece of music, like an album, if you will. Does an album even exist anymore?
0: Yeah, actually really cool hipsters will release their albums on vinyl on um, very limited release, although it has been increasing in popularity again. But this has been a very big conversation in our house over the holidays too, with the digital music, because so, nobody actually owns the music anymore.
1: So David, for the most part, David Neal, uh, also known as at Reverent Geek, he was on one of the early Bob and Kevin show um, YouTube editions. He tweeted the other day, he's like, "Hey, CDs. It's kind of like an offline version of Spotify." <laughs> I just laughed my ass off. <laughs> so. Uh, But
0: it's not, though, because a CD doesn't know what you want to hear next.
1: There's no algorithm, right? There's no algorithm on a disc. Okay. Well, you can burn your own playlist. So I guess there's there's some in there.
0: I know, but think about it. So we went through that evolution where you had a bunch of CDs that you purchased at the store. Then you digitized those CDs. And then you took those CDs and made your own mix CDs. So think about how much waste we've... I don't know. Not prevented but ceased to create because of this movement. But
1: that or did we just move it because now everything's streamed and you have to create the energy to move the bits each and every time.
0: Yeah, but the internet was going to do that anyway. Hmm,
1: But it didn't need to do this. (laughs) Pick a song over and over and over and over and over and over again, and it never downloads. Anyway. That's what bandwidth is about. All right. So let me throw. So that was my number 10. What was yours? My number 10 best thing was the iPad slash smartphone. So I I realize that's a very broad category. I like where you're going with that, though, because phones have basically become iPads lately. Well, uh, the iPad was released in 2010, and full disclosure, I made a lot of fun of it at the time, because I'm like, this is stupid. This will never work. It has no keyboard. Oh, my gosh. Why would you do that? There's no apps. You know, Why would you do that? I was wrong. I'm raising my hand for the camera here. I was wrong. And then smartphones themselves, I worked at a wireless carrier, a Verizon wireless carrier, and... I was a part of the retail side of uh, moving a bunch of smartphones to the public. So I realized the iPhone was invented in 2007, but I really don't think it took off until Android was released, which was in that neighborhood. I'd have to have the, the intern that we don't have and we can't afford to look that up. But I do remember at the time, BlackBerry happened to be king, right? Hey, oh God. You're going to laugh so hard. This is the best radio ever. God, I can't
0: wait. Keep going.
1: Well, I was just going to mention, whatever happened to hard QWERTY keyboards on the phones, well, they lost to the soft screen. So, what do you think?
0: Well, I think that that's a great number 10 for the positives. Do you want to hear my number 10 for the negatives? (laughs) Lay it on me. (laughs) Listeners at home, this is not scripted. My number 10... For some of the downside things, I guess this actually is, could be spun as a positive. People who should not have been making phones like Facebook, Amazon, BlackBerry, and Windows Phone. Those are all really bad smartphones of the 2010s.
1: <laughs> well, I allow me to. Split hairs, BlackBerry was the jam. So if you wanted corporate email on your phone, BlackBerry was it. I mean, even President Obama was like, give me my CrackBerry.
0: It was, but very early on in the 2010s, BlackBerry was already in the throes of like the death throes, the last twitches of life where they came out with their tablet. I can't even remember what they called it, but it was, you know, they were trying to revive their their smartphone presence and uh they just couldn't do it
1: i, t- so, I totally missed goodbye. i totally missed windows phone but i wouldn't say i missed it or do miss it blackberry i think they tried to come out with a uh soft screen again uh, bob bob's holding up his apparently vintage yep, i windows was showing phone. My,
0: my windows 8.1 phone that i still have because oh, it runs like a beast so did in facebook did they actually
1: have a smartphone
0: So Facebook was toying with the idea of a smartphone and what they did instead of making the hardware, they came out with a basically a flavor of Android that they tried to distribute on pre-made devices. And uh, like a lot of Facebook things,
1: it didn't do well. While we're talking Facebook, a quick reminder that my particular version of Android cannot uninstall Facebook. I can only disable it. Thanks, Mark, because I didn't need that 300 meg space on my phone anyway, right? Jerk. I'm going to make a quick <laughs> prediction
0: here that Facebook is going to come up in this conversation more than once. Can
1: I do my number 10 then? <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> okay. Number 10. Worst thing. Of the bad things. Of the bad. Yes. Yeah. Bad things. Facebook acquires Instagram in 2012 wow that was still that was way at number 10 for you well, Wow
0: there, it's,
1: it's it's this list is gonna get nasty yeah the list <laughs> is young Bob so yeah so in in 2012 I don't know that any of us including the FTC or whatever government agency overlords you know mergers and stuff like that I don't think they necessarily saw future things like surveillance state. 2016 election Cambridge Analytica yada 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 in 2012 so yeah sure why not you got money they you can buy them great and nobody really understood how the filter bubbles and how speech was going to be shaped in 2019 slash 2020 well pick a year so you're so funny god this is the best (laughs) I knew this was going to be great So, so what do you think uh how's my number 10
0: uh, number, that's very interesting that that's your number 10 because you kind of bit off a lot there. So I'm very
1: curious to hear what uh, 9 through 1 are for the the bads. Well, yeah, I, I may have tipped my hand a little bit, but let's, let's go with your number 9. What's your number 9 okay. best thing? So number 9 positive. Yes. It's funny that you said iPad was your number
0: 10. Number 9 for me was the Microsoft Surface Book because, and the Surface, the Surface line of, products from microsoft very much along the same lines uh full functional computing with detachable screens and still very powerful uh graphics processing and overall uh cpu not just the gpu so um i love my service book i have one personally and one professionally
1: (laughs) The thoughts and opinions of Bob and Kevin of the Bob and Kevin show are exclusively the thoughts of Bob and Kevin and not the thoughts of their employers. Past, present, and
0: probably not future. And, uh, they're talking about getting new machines at work. Luckily, we've already run the disclaimer. If not, I'll drop it in here as well. Uh, but uh, I don't want a new one. I don't, I don't want a new machine. I like my Surface wow board. So um, Microsoft, for as much as they struggle, uh, I feel like in various consumer-based hardwares and softwares, uh, Windows 10 and, and Surface line were pretty big in the 2010s for me,
1: so, I think. So I've never had a Surface, but here's what grinds my gears with, Win- <laughs> with, with Microsoft Surface. Before the Microsoft Surface that you're talking about debuted, Microsoft had another Surface. Do you remember that at all?
0: Well, I think they have the I would guess they call it the. They don't call it the plain vanilla, but they do have just the surface. Period, and it you know has a type cover. And nope, nope, nope. What That's was the other
1: surface? So in 2011, I went to Indianapolis, Indiana, to the Gen Con Board Game Convention. Yes. <laughs> nerd alert! <laughs> so, <laughs> right, uh, so God, we need alert. Nerd alert! Drop it. Right. Uh, so back then, Microsoft had a product called Surface, but it was a a table. That was, so think of the screen as the tabletop and you can put things on it and it would, you know, like capacitive touch, it would know what's on it. And then it would, it was really cool, but they totally went away from that. So yeah, I wish, I wish they would bring it back. Maybe they'll bring it back. Maybe. All right. Are you ready? So that was my nine, number nine positive. So your number nine positive is Azure AWS slash cloud. The, cloud all the things. Now, this is a cloud computing, cloud right. computing. Right. And this is very near and dear to my like daily professional life, because one of the worst things that I can imagine as a web developer is on premise hosting. <laughs> you know? Yeah. On one hand, you're like, yeah, I have control of the box. I can do whatever. With AWS and Azure, there's this concept of serverless, which, by the way, it's still a real server. <laughs> right, it's in a box. Still. Which it's terrible naming when they say serverless. It explaining it to non-tech people. Oh, so there's no server? No, there is a server. It's just virtualized. Anyway, I digress. So, but it's really changed my day-to-day job. It's really enabled this thing called DevOps and automation, and it's really changed, um, like the landscape of everyone cuz it what it does what it does is it lowers the bar you know it exposes cdns to joe developer jane developer it does all these things so you mentioned earlier music streaming i humbly think that the cloud revolution helped enable the streaming revolution what do you think
0: oh i think so much of that is dead on um you know physical boxes don't really, I mean, I'm sure they exist. I'm sure there's tons of them out there still. But yeah, that platform, the whole idea of that distributed computing that is easily accessible and the you know the front end that they've given all that stuff with the, the, the front end tool, so it's not all command line stuff. Yeah, it's pretty
1: amazing. Yeah, and AWS uh, started because they basically had an internal need and then they just said, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we just sold some of our capacity? I don't know if Azure has a similar history, but I thought that is some of the best ways to um, create tech. You know, create a business, which is solve a real problem, and then see if you can make it generic and or you know, you know, abstracted, if you will. So that was mine. What you got? So
0: we're on. So my it's my number nine bad one, right? Yes. Okay. So I kind of went off the beaten path a little bit on this one this is kind of more of a pet peeve than anything else Um, so my number nine is bad kickstarter tech launches and the one that really comes to mind from the 2010s is the the coolest cooler which was the cooler that was just trying to be way too many things than just a cooler I think it had streamable music. It had multiple USB chargers, speakers on board. It had everything. Swiss Army knife for a cooler, right? Yeah, (laughs) but for a fucking cooler. So um, I think that paved the way for a bunch of people to be like, hey, I know this crazy thing that's a bunch of things taped to
1: other things, and let's start a Kickstarter for it. And that got really annoying. So full disclosure, (laughs) I think in 2013, 13 or 14. I was part of a Kickstarter campaign, totally failed. Um, but that reminds me cuz this isn't on any of my list. I'm glad you brought this one up because Patreon, Kickstarter, Indiegogo, GoFundMe, those are the ones just off the top of my head. Everyone in their brother and sister are holding their hand out going, "Hey, Give me money. Why? Because of an right. idea. Okay, well you know. Or or I can't make rent. Here's
0: a kicks here's a GoFundMe go fund from me. I can't make rent this month.
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh, so I I still like being uh you know, contributing when I can to a charity. I'm I'm mostly I can contribute my time, not so much money. Every time I see a Patreon for somebody I know, I, I feel we call it the Tupperware problem. It's like, oh, God, I got to buy at least two bowls, you know, a salad bowl with a lid. Make sure you get the lids. Otherwise, you know, <laughs> Timmy's going to be pissed. And, you know, I want to be friends still. And so we call it the Tupperware party. Bob and I do. And it's really hard because you look as a creator. We're, Bob and I are both creators. And we look and go, hey, look at all these great you know people doing great things and getting patreon but then it's like the top 1% it feels like that's that's actually getting somewhere on these platforms and then there's everyone else so kickstarter sells you this dream and with the 1% actually doing it and they collect you know the funds underneath as a fee so i really look at that stuff and go on that's just i don't even know what to call it. it's not really snake oil but it's definitely like same shit different you know method here where of hey we're just trying to separate people from money right
0: well my boys bless their hearts um they're both big fans of kickstarter type projects and they are just now receiving stuff that they invested in when they were in their mid-teens and they're both in their 20s so oh man also (laughs) not it's it's a super
1: long game well, I guess I won't tell you what's not on my list just in case it's still on your list. All right. Well, let me go with my number nine and you'll be like, "Where? are what? Um, the video game Fortnite. This is on my negative list. Oh, that's so funny.
0: Okay. Well, <laughs> the, so I the, almost put a video game on mine. So go ahead. So I put Fortnite on there mostly for... Oh shit. No, I did put a video game on mine. <laughs>
1: Well, I, I, I'm so Fortnite. Just the way it affects all the kids, all the children in my orbit—my nieces, my nephews, my own kids. These people are addicted. This is like a real drug. And on top of that, it pretty much shut down every other video game except for maybe Minecraft and Untitled Goose Game. All right, so there's like three video games left in the world because of Fortnite has just totally come and steamrolled everything. And they have this concept of V Bucks, where you know. The kids are like, "Hey, can we get a can we get a gift card for Microsoft so we can apply it to our Xbox so we can basically just give it away?" I'm like, "Oh my god, this is this is life." <laughs> and then there's like this internal gambling addiction that they all have because you can get these llamas and these crates and you get this random thing that comes out. And while I'm on the gambling thing, uh, my girls who don't play Fortnite as much they do play Fortnite they they have toys like LOL dolls. Are you familiar with LOL dolls? it's no so so you, if you go to Walmart or any retailer they'll have them so it's it's a sealed ball opaque you can't see what's in it and the whole idea is you got to buy it to see what's in it and it plays on these like human emotions of curiosity anyway so number nine is Fortnite for me what about you
0: <laughs> oh that is great um so now we're to my number no, eight
1: number eight positive
0: number eight positive and I, I lied and I, I want to stress again, this is not scripted. We did not see each other's lists. My number eight positive tech from the 2010s is Minecraft because it's a family focused gaming adventure and you can play it with your kids. And actually with my kids, I taught them how to manage their own Minecraft server. So they weren't out there messing around with the general public. So taught them how to give server line commands basically through the uh, through the Minecraft thing. So this is so funny that you were Fortnite and now I'm I
1: Minecraft. So okay, so interesting. So great. you're picking Minecraft. Yes, um, Minecraft as a positive. Oh, okay, yeah. So Minecraft, I think, has replaced Lego in a lot of households oh for sure yeah digital
0: lego without a doubt
1: yeah and when i again another thing i was totally wrong on was minecraft because i i see it and i'm like what the hell is this shit the graphics are terrible right you know <laughs> it's very blocky no kid's gonna like this right they're just gonna be like oh well you know give me like call of duty or something with high-end graphics but um actually i kind of like minecraft because it it stimulates creativity and building it and whatnot. Yep. That's pretty much why it was
0: coming in at number eight for me of the 2010.
1: All right. So, my number eight, you'll probably snicker a little bit, is crypto slash blockchain.
0: So, this is your number eight positive?
1: No. Oh, I'm sorry. This is my negative. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> no that, that's why i asked i totally um, messed up so all right i'm gonna i'll come back to my number eight positive because <laughs> i've already tipped my hand here so my number eight negative is crypto blockchain because as of right now i don't think crypto slash blockchain has changed the world because that's basically what all of the crypto slash blockchain people are saying ah we got a blockchain all the thing it will change the face of insert industry cryptocurrency it will change the face of whatever i'm still waiting for it to change any part of my life bob what part of your life has it changed
0: um i think the only thing that it's really affected is our podcasting because of the libra kind of the libra crypto trying to desperately make its way to market um we did do that experiment couple years back with investing in crypto and tracking the markets so but that was more just fun and i still have not recouped from where we invested
1: <laughs> yeah you and i like totally hit the apex of crypto We're like hey look at all this great stuff happening in crypto let's invest and the good thing you i bailed out right uh, I, I am out for save whatever 15 bucks a bitcoin was worth a few months ago uh yeah, I'm still in. I'm still in. Yeah. We're such suckers, man. <laughs> <laughs> such suckers. All right, so that was uh my number 8 negative. Um do you want me to catch up and just do my number 8 positive and then we'll Yeah, we'll just flip it. So okay. you do your number 8 positive. So my number 8 positive is SpaceX reusable rockets. Wow. So you and I had done a live stream of the Falcon heavy launch which highlighted the landing of the booster rockets and that was in 2017 we had my kids uh they got two out of three on that one right something like that but it looked like a freaking science fiction alien invasion movie which was awesome (laughs) dude i got choked up oh me too and to this day every time they stick the landing which is i think pretty much yes. every time now. It's regular now, yeah. That's that's awesome. Um, I think one of the, the rockets that went up recently was like its fourth or fifth flight, and that's got to save money somewhere. And I've heard a lot of people say, oh, it won't be financially feasible still. You just got to throw those away and start over. But I think they're uh, starting to prove that wrong. What do you think?
0: Yeah, no, I think they're getting financial benefit with the the multi-launch, multi-land for sure. Um, That's how they're able to really kind of like supplement the Starlink program. So yeah, the reusable rockets, that's brilliant. Yeah. So, uh, uh, And f- for the most part right now, those are 100% unmanned trips, right? Yeah,
1: they, they are testing uh, the ability to send up uh, a manned crew. And they've had some success recently because right now we're actually dependent on Russia, of all people, to uh, right. send people up to the space station And I will be in Florida in a couple months and trying to catch a Falcon 9 launch for the Starlink program. But that's about like threading a needle at this point.
0: Right. You showed me the schedule. It looks like it's not going to happen while you're there. Uh,
1: You know, I don't know the schedule enough to know that maybe I'm just looking too far out and they're just going to fill the schedule or or what have you. But I'm excited. My kids are, too. They want to see it. That would be awesome. Yes. All right. We're up to your number eight. Worst.
0: My number, my number eight. Bad. Yes. <laughs> this could be a, a trip down memory lane for some, and not a positive one. D- Kevin, did you ever hear of the Litro camera back in the 2010s? Never heard of it. It is a light field camera, and it was supposed to revolutionize digital photography. And it looked like a a rectangular tube, but what the camera did, it was supposed to capture the infinity of the light that created an image. So you could capture that photograph doing air quotes and then you could do whatever you wanted to with after that because it had infinite resolution.
1: That's <laughs> interesting. So, Yeah, it failed, by the way. <laughs> so have you ever been into uh, photography?
0: Uh, I lo- Yeah, I actually
1: do love photography and I shoot a lot of ph- photography. So when you focus on a certain spot, it becomes or there's a certain spot of moving the focal length and you'll hit what's called the hyperfocal distance. And everything beyond that point is in focus. It's just like we can take a picture of a mountain range and it's like, hmm, why is that always in why is the background always in focus? Because you've got the the focal length, so that's the hyperfocal distance. Anything in front of that you start getting the bouquet or or bouquet or however you want to pronounce that i don't really even know what the real word, way of pronouncing that is but it's it, i'm not that big in photography <laughs> but you get the subject in focus and the background out of focus so anyway blah 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 sounds interesting but you said it totally failed
0: yeah first of all they were super expensive and uh the ux the form factor for the device itself was just very clunky so um but it was something at the time I was very into photography and spending money on lenses and things like that, and um, was very excited about. But there was no way I could afford it when it came out. They came up with a better form factor, but it was still like over sixteen hundred dollars, I think, at the time. Well,
1: you know what? There's a there's a uh, thing called the iPhone 11 that's got about three cameras on it, and it's a little less than that. So hmm. right, and you can
0: totally adjust that bokeh whatever it is too so yeah. yeah interesting all right but yeah so that was yeah th- some of these are very personal to me
1: so this is pretty fun yeah <laughs> i'm glad i didn't bet money of what your number uh, eight was there it would be <laughs> all right my number seven positive is 3d printing slash cnc slash vinyl cutting
0: oh man i'm so glad you hit that market too
1: <laughs> so 3d printing for me is. Very cool. I've seen people make just some ridiculously cool things. They're basically like, "Hey, yeah, we'll take one of those." It's sort of like the the real life replicator from Star Trek. Shout out to uh, Stardate Supplemental. We need to uh, eventually. Nice. <laughs> yeah, we need to eventually do this crossover episode. Crossover coming soon. Yes. Um. So that's what I think a three D printer does. Um. My vinyl cutter is that two D printer. Um. Very cool. Uh. In. I've also seen that they can 3D print organs now, which is like totally mind-blowing. Like they can 3D print a new heart and stuff like they're that. They're printing, yeah, they're printing meat too, which is really weird. Uh, So uh, I think 3D printing is still early, but I think it has a lot of promise. Um, I've seen 3D printed houses out of concrete, you know, for in uh, developing countries. Just They can just set up a machine and it prints overnight. and You know, it's just mind-boggling. So what do you think?
0: Yeah, I think that that's a really good one. Um, I actually did not touch upon 3D printing, but it's funny that you brought it up because my wife the other day was asking if 3D printers were getting cheaper. And uh, so I thought that was really like, that was a bizarre, surreal moment in the Beatty Bar household that she was even considering 3D printing. I like the aspect of 3D printing as well as like printing pieces or tools to do things without having to go to the store to purchase said tools, I think that's pretty cool as well,
1: yeah, yeah um I play the game civilization quite often, and one of the technologies that you can unlock is called replaceable parts, you know it, it like precedes like it's like civil war era type thing where you could start you know, fixing things rather than just having to craft it from A to Z every time. Well, give me a couple of these parts and then we're back to new. So I see the 3D printer as an extension of replaceable parts. And um, not that I think a hardware store is going to go out of business anytime soon. But when 3D printers become more ubiquitous, um, that might change.
0: Well, didn't one of the like space shuttle missions or some space mission, space station maybe even they were able to 3d print a wrench
1: that helped them out in a situation or something mm. like that it sounds familiar but i, I can't recall yeah. the exact one all right we got anyway yeah that's a great one we got to move on i uh, say uh, what's your number seven positive
0: My number seven positive is pretty interesting because I think you've already alluded to this, but number seven positive was cable cutting with streaming services like Sling TV. Ah. And we've talked about this on the show several times where I think in the early 2010s when this started to happen, it was meant to be a very positive thing. But now with every service jumping on the streaming subscription bandwagon, really if you add them all back together it probably costs more than
1: traditional cable <laughs> and it has the but, side effect of putting us into an additional filter bubble we haven't really talked about filter bubbles on this episode just yet but you know you're in your platform you're in your channels and you're you know you're on netflix I cord cut in 2012 off of DirecTV, and my wife was pissed. She's like, I want my whatever. You remember DVR? I mean, back then, you had to DVR things, and now everything's on demand. I mean, just the world has changed so much.
0: Yeah, weaning my family off DVR was a very interesting experience through the cord cutting, so yeah.
1: I like it. Um, I guess now we can transition to... My number seven worst, and it yep. is CRISPR. Are you familiar with CRISPR? <laughs> the DNA editor. So I would like to bundle this with DNA testing as well. So there's <laughs> a uh, Netflix series. I, I forget what it's called, but it, it follows how CRISPR works and things like that. And I don't even want to, you know, it's not a religious thing and nothing like that. I just think it's a bad idea to fuck with nature, right? Oh, I think gene editing is a terrible idea. Yeah. Um. The, the one thing I think is is way more acceptable is GMOs. You know, um, if we can make corn feed us more and, you know, whatever, that's fine. But trying to alter somebody's intellect, eye color, you know, the fric- people aren't freaking e-commerce items. I mean, I guess you are in some countries, which is very sad. But <laughs> so, you know, you don't order your children off a menu, right?
0: Yeah, and I I really can't imagine society where you would. I mean, that's definitely a Black Mirror episode, for sure.
1: Well, I mean, I could definitely, you know, to play antagonistic to myself, um, people would say, well, but Kevin, we can eliminate cancer. We can eliminate whatever, whatever. But you and I are coders. What happens when we fix bugs, Bob? New bugs happen. Thank you. (laughs) You may have solved cancer, (laughs) but you're going to create God knows what. Literally, God would be the only one who knows what and maybe that wipes us all out period done right it's End just story. a
0: cascade of it's just a ba- it's a cascade of bad consequences
1: yeah so um all right uh so i think the pendulum has now swung it's your number six good no i think we're on my seven bad yeah you're right see it's a good thing we should call <laughs> good thing we're calling this out because i can't even count to 10 apparently that's okay.
0: Nine, number seven bad uh, is Google in perpetual beta throughout the 2010s. Oh my God. And then the ultimate bait and switch where free services no longer were free services. Um, that one's pretty self explanatory. I think we hate all the big tech giants with equal disregard. So, so.
1: are you familiar with the website um, killedbygoogle.com?
0: <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure we brought it up when we were talking about all the companies so, that are on Alpha. So,
1: I actually brought this up. Just for this episode. And I did not know two things on here are actually already scheduled for the X. Number one is Angular JS V1. That is no longer supported as of uh one year from now. So in one year, if you're using Angular 1.whatever, and I realize that's very nerdy and very like specific to coding, <laughs> and I, I'm trying not to go down specific things here. But Angular JS is an older uh, but super popular thing that we used to it. Also super stable. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I don't
0: know why they fucked with it at all.
1: Well, <sighs> reasons, right? Uh, then, here's the one that I was like, what? Are you kidding me? Google Hangouts is being killed.
0: I did hear that they were sundowning that, but I think they're just giving it a different name, to be honest.
1: Yeah, apparently it's going to be called uh, Shit, I don't even see it here. It's going to be part of the G Suite. So, maybe it's just they're just not making direct money on it because people just use Hangouts for random garden variety shit, and that probably costs money, right?
0: Right, and they want to bring it into G Suite because G Suite is now one of their paid things.
1: Yeah, so Dicks. that's got another 12 months according to Killed by Google, but Killed by Google is kind of a fun website because you just... I mean, it's a lot of scrolling, a lot of vertical scrolling of, oh, holy shit, all of that is now dead. And while the, the layperson probably care less than we do. But Bob and I, you know, when, when we're asked to integrate with Service X, I don't know about you, Bob, but when it's owned by Google, I go, oh, well, how long do we even have left with whatever this is? Right, It's a total question mark for sure. It, I hate it. And um, I, uh, you mentioned Google Maps. They totally did a bait and switch on that. I'm uh, trying to get Google out of my life, if you will. I'm actually using DuckDuckGo a lot more. And if you do, like, a search on DuckDuckGo and, like, directions, it's actually powered by Apple Maps, which is kind of an interesting twist on things. Oh, boy. <laughs> Apparently... I don't know if I like that. Well, I've, I haven't really used Apple Maps. I heard it was really bad, and I've made improvements, and I'm no Apple well, defender. I think they... I think they bought Waze. One of them bought Waze. Google Google or Apple did. Google did. Okay, Google did. Okay. Yep. That was um, unceremoniously explained to me the other day when I was like, why is Google Maps and Waze so similar whatever ignorant thing I said? Um, Okay. So uh, So you're number six positive. That's what we're up to. And then I know this is going to be real nerdy, so I'll try to keep it light for the general listener. GitHub takes the number one spot uh, over. the decade, to become the the go-to place to dump your source code. Now, I think that's a good one. Now, why does that matter? Well, I can tell you, prior to the 2010s, um, source control was very optional. (laughs) And a lot of people may say, yeah, right, not where we work. But let me tell you, I worked a lot of places, and it was copy-paste, and you you do Ctrl-C, Ctrl-V, that's your backup. And I said, you know, it, it just the little numbers that Windows does, you know, one, two, three, as you control C, control V. So GitHub really changed it. Um, There was a bunch of competitors and there still are subversion, whatnot. And then Microsoft bought them. So um, that was kind of a big deal. And that happened recently. And why does this matter? Well, GitHub is very known for open source. And basically the open source revolution, I'm going to try to put that in here as well, is a big deal for both programmers and non-programmers. Why is it important for non-programmers? because the programmers can bring you things that they couldn't before. What do you think?
0: Yeah, and I think it's a great learning tool opportunity for developers and non-developers alike. If you're interested in getting into code, GitHub being basically the open source you know realm, you can you can just pick up a lot of great uh, great I'm sure you can pick up a lot of garbage too, but there's a lot of good stuff out there.
1: So, okay, where does that leave us? Uh, Which list are you on? I can't even
0: remember now. (laughs) Uh, That was your number six positive. So it's time for my number six positive. And I think this one will be brief. Uh, I think Slack is my number six positive. And it's an ability to kind of almost fulfill the Facebook mission of bringing people together without necessarily all the ads and bullshit stuff that I'm sure we'll talk about a little later.
1: So yeah, Slack is my number 6 good. There. So, when I worked at the first agency I worked at, we were an early adopter of Slack. So, Slack was created in 2012. We started using it in 2013. Um and at at the time, it's like, yeah, this is cool, but I thought it was just yet another thing that, you know, was out there. But it's really changed things because it's dead simple, it's web-based it pretty much killed off things and you'll probably laugh AOL instant messenger, Yahoo messenger. Remember? I mean, you'd have to have all of those installed because depending on who you want to talk to, right?
0: Yes. Do you remember that one that pooled them all together? I can't think of the name of it now but there was like a universal chat app that you basically registered all your other accounts through and you could use it. Damn it. I can't remember what it was called.
1: It sounds sketchy. It probably stores your password. You know, Yeah, somewhere. there was all <laughs> kinds
0: of shitty stuff with that, but it was a trillion trillion pro. I
1: loved a trillion. All right. So, uh, let's see. We're just- so now we're back to the bad, right? Okay. So, so my number six, and this is going to be a little specific, but Oracle sued Google because of Android. The APIs. And there was, a, oh, yeah. And that's still being litigated. And it's for like billions of dollars. And Oracle has won the initial judgment and Google's appealing. But the real trouble with this isn't the money that's changing hands because you and I would not see it anyway. It's, it doesn't have anything <laughs> to do with this. But it set the precedent that the API signatures, I believe, is, and I could have had this totally wrong, but the API signatures, think of the interfaces as copyrightable, not the implementation. But just having a method named void save or something like that. Yeah, see, that's crap. That's like, I don't know.
0: That's like trademarking toilet paper.
1: Yeah. So, um, speaking of frivolous patents, that should, maybe I put that in, maybe that's the overarching theme here. Um, Somebody tried to claim. Uh, that the shopping cart was their patented invention. And in fact, I believe they actually got the patent and Newegg contested it because this, this guy is like, hey, Newegg, and, and if you're not familiar with Newegg, they're uh, like a computer retailer. You owe us a bunch of money because you have a shopping cart. Completely like, what a sec-? You know, You can't patent the mouse click. The shopping cart is obvious. So patent trolls and whatnot. Um, ugh, I just hate that kind of stuff. So let me put that in there too. What do you think?
0: Ah, I think that's great. There's so many shitty things that apparently happened in 2010. And we're only halfway Uh, done. (laughs) (laughs) So my number six is going to be super quick because we've already touched on it. My number six of the uh, not-so-great tech would be the crypto craze. Um, Bitcoin was pre-2010, but Ethereum kind of brought wallet, online trading, all that kind of good stuff to the forefront because it was something other than just Bitcoin.
1: Um, It's a mess. So. That's a good one. Um, Yeah. I'll just quickly transition to my number five positive, and I'll just throw it out there as the gig economy. So if you're. Oh, God damn you. (laughs) So if you're a (laughs) magician, a a car driver, whatnot, the power. is is did you say magician yeah because the reason i said i'm watching on netflix uh (laughs) it's oh my son watches that one the magicians right well there's a but no no not not that one that one's on i think cw but there was one on netflix uh it's called like uh magic for humans or something and it's like he actually mentions in there the gig economy you can basically get anyone to do anything on the internet these days whether it's you know, back in the day when you're growing up, it's like you can hire a band. You know, and you have this like sketchy part of Craigslist. Well, a lot of that has come out in their their apps. I mean, when I was at your there's an app for that. When <laughs> I was at your place, you had like three or four options of people who will bring you food to your house. Yes. Guess how many Kevin has? Well, we still have Pizza Hut and Papa John's. That's about it. And I don't think those qualify as gig economy. Right. Nope. Not at all. So. All
0: right. So that was your number five Good. Yes. My number five good basically encompasses a lot of the stuff we talked about today. Uh, 4G LTE networks that came of age in the 2000s, which made a lot of this digital communication streaming from your phones uh, possible. So
1: that, I figure that was a really big That one. might be on my list. That might be on my <laughs> list. So that'll be a quick one. Okay. So 4G uh, definitely did change it and i'm patiently freaking waiting for 5g because while sometimes i will use my 4g hotspot to do work and or do a podcast with you um 5g (laughs) is where i think i i need to be for the whole house because i don't think my 4g phone's gonna handle that so melt it yes so that's a good one all right moving along here um number five bad number five bad net neutrality so Ooh, good one net neutrality for the layperson person is uh, a topic that came up a couple years ago basically the current administration FCC head said you know what no longer are these protections in place what protections were they you say Kevin well what they are is <laughs> let's say your internet provider wanted to throttle slow down your Netflix because you're doing a lot of binge watching or uh, whatever before net neutrality, or because large corporate interests wanted more bandwidth and paid for it, that so too, you suffer. that too. So, so net neutrality protected us, um, but those rules got rescinded, and now it is possible that you can be throttled um, unless you pay to play, right?
0: Yeah, tinfoil hat guy in me says we've always been throttled. So,
1: yeah, how, how do you check that, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. All right, I think we're back to the positives. Nope, my number five negative. You've you just got the ping pong game all wrong. Um, my number five negative. Uh, you've already brought it up. Mine was DNA kits for the masses. <laughs> yep. So don't do it. We don't. Yeah, we don't need to be testing our DNA. Who who cares? Who cares where we're from? Who cares what we might die? Well, of?
1: it's a pseudoscience really. Anyway, I've I've read so many articles where they're. Who knows if what the information they're giving you is anywhere true? Because you can be say, Jewish as a race or a Jewish as a religion. You can be from the Middle East, but your skin color, you know, I mean, there's just so many combinations right. and it, it just doesn't make sense. Plus, the Pentagon just recently put out a warning saying, that hey, if you're a DOD uh, member, you shouldn't be submitting these DNA tests for, for security reasons.
0: Yeah. That's got to be one of the biggest red flags I've ever seen. It's just such a data grab. It's so gross. Right.
1: All right, all right. So your number four, good one. You might crap your pants, but I'm gonna loop in AI, ML, and neural nets. Oh. Wait, as a good one? <laughs> I told you you're gonna crap your pants. <laughs> so, uh, actually, this one kind of rides the line for me between good and bad, and I've I've got a few of those. So. I was watching the YouTube series that I passed along to you, which is only free to three episodes before YouTube. I was going to say it's paywalled, right? Only t- the first three episodes are free, but after that, they want money. And sorry, YouTube, you've already you're already profiting off me somehow, some way. But fucking drug dealers. One of the cool things in there was a guy, a, a former Tennessee Titan football player, had ALS or has ALS, and they use speech to recognition type things to help learn how he talks now. <laughs> excuse me, versus how he used to talk in like press conferences and things like that. And now they can translate him very well. And I was like, that's what ML is. is." Wait,
0: so they can translate him in his own voice basically. Yes.
1: So he's very, Oh, that's beautiful. All right. That's cool. He's very difficult to understand in real life now, but they can, they can go both ways. They can, okay, he can say something now and it can just do text or they can also replay in his own voice, which is, amazing um that's pretty awesome they also have it where somebody has lost a limb and they have the luke skywalker hand where you know you you move these things in your arm and it knows then it learns you as a person on how to move it because previous attempts at like limbs especially hands hands are very complicated is well how do we make this work for everyone well you don't that's the problem everyone is wired kind of a little bit differently and if you leverage machine learning uh, to kind of figure out, you know, the nuances of you and hey, that worked, that didn't, and adjust on the fly. That's great, and so that's where I think it's super. That's great. That's noble. Where I'm not so hot on AI and machine learning <laughs> is like self-driving cars. I really think that's just, you know, I no let's. let's that's just a waste of time, you know. We're, you know, I just read the other day uh, Tesla hat was involved in another autopilot death, you know, where the car was in the autopilot and it killed some people. So, of course, yeah, but still, they've got like hundreds of thousands to go before that's really an issue, right? I way. mean, the the easy defense of that is yeah, and so and so died from deer you know, crashes and that's human controlled. So what's your point, Kevin? Well I was yeah. gonna say on
0: yeah, on that same day, three thousand people probably got killed by
1: regular people driving. So the, the, what I'm getting at is, is I don't put auto or self driving cars at the top of the machine learning uh, like to do list. I put right. amputees. I put people who have medical I put that high up. So that's why when I when I see like, hey, there's this new self driving car and it's blah blah blah. I'm like, that's great and all, but is is that changing humanity? I mean, getting rid of the fact Yes, we're saving you from the tyranny of driving a car. Ooh, you know, that's that's really not high on my list of things we need to I'm solve.
0: telling you though, next year when I get my cyber truck, I'm getting it with the uh autonomous mode.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Moving on. And that so- that is an upgrade. <laughs> All right, so we are on Bob's number four positive. Right, my
0: number four positive, also spooky, you already had it, ride sharing gig economy apps basically was my number four. So oh, the ability to have a, a a system in your pocket where there's thousands of participants where you can pretty much get anything you need all right. um, because they're volunteering to be in the system. So, so the only notable well,
1: thing there is, is with the gig economy comes the obvious potential exploitation by the overlords running the apps yes uh lyft uber um i think are the two that are considering unionizing or you know there's there's issues there and then the other one is um with youtube youtube's not really a gig economy unless you look at it through the lens of well i'm a performer creators kind of are yeah yeah so yeah so there's exploitation uh potential there but but i think the technology
0: to make that open for pretty much anyone to participate in that economy is the bonus part maybe the way it's executed is not but the ability the technology is open that door i think that's pretty cool.
1: yeah and let me tell you airbnb if we're considering that also gig economy that is yes. a huge huge plus thing i'm I'm going to Disney World for the second time to an or a third time with an Airbnb because it's just way better than doing a hotel. So
0: Oh, uh, we always look for the goofy ass Airbnb places too. Like the <laughs> quirkier the quirkier the better. All right. Um, so you're to your number four, four bad yeah. Cambridge
1: Analytica is my number four.
0: Wow, that's really far
1: out. Why you thought it'd be higher up? I thought it'd be closer to number one. Uh yeah, it gets pretty crowded here towards the top. <laughs> so, Cambridge Analytic if you're not very um up on that, there's a Netflix documentary called I think it's The Great Hack if I'm uh yeah, okay. We did an episode we on it. We did an episode on it and basically we're all suckers and it will be a component of one of my <laughs> two a component of two of my top 3 negatives here in a, in a bit. Um, but Cambridge Analytica basically exposed how much data is the new oil. I'm channeling my inner Bob Baby bar right there. That's, uh, his data is the new oil That is trademark. His, that's right. So <laughs> I'll just leave it there. I don't have time to explain Cambridge Analytica. I, I don't think you would disagree. Would you maybe you want to hire? No,
0: not at all. <laughs> no, my, my, it's actually higher up on my list, but I don't disagree at all. Um, my number four bad is an old guy rant. Um, It's Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. Uh, I just can't keep up with all this shit anymore. Like, I was a very (laughs) active technology dad and introduced my kids to Facebook and Twitter and kind of introduced them to Instagram, and then Snapchat and TikTok all kind of blossomed on the scene in the 2010s, and I just can't keep up with all the different interfaces and what's the expectation, how the content's supposed to be formulated and delivered, uh, it's just, it's too hard. So that was my number four bad is just the rise of all these little micro networks.
1: I still don't understand Instagram stories depend and People have explained it to me over and over and over. I just don't get it.
0: I consume them pretty regularly because I think they're a good, I think they're a good platform for consumption, but to have to make an Instagram story, I struggle. Yeah. The struggle is real as the kids say.
1: All right. We're back to the positive, right? Number three positive for you, Kevin. Number three. Uh, Actually, this one's a mixed bag too, uh, but it's and you'd be like, "Oh, I guess that is a thing." Hashtags and the like button. So, that, <laughs> oh, that's a continuation of my old guy rant. <laughs> yeah. So, hashtag. You would think that non-tech users getting the them to use hashtag would be really difficult, but humans seem to know how to use hashtags nowadays. And the like button, while its positive is, is it's a quick feedback what i don't like about it is the ambiguity of not pushing the button does that mean people don't like the post or does that mean people haven't seen the post and that ambiguity is by design right where it's like well it's not that people don't like it kevin maybe they didn't see it or whatever what do you think
0: yeah well yeah That i think that not seeing it especially with all the stupid algorithms that these different networks have i think that's a big possibility I'm always, um, like perplexed by someone will post something that, especially on Twitter, uh, actually Instagram too. So they'll post something that is actually kind of sad and not positive, but you want to show that you support them somehow, (laughs) but your only option is to like the fact that they put something really sad there. Yeah. So I do like that Facebook has a little bit more wider range of things, um, but yeah, I do struggle with that a little bit.
1: Yeah, do you think Twitter, or Instagram will adopt the multiple emoji reaction?
0: I don't know. Would Facebook come out and say against Twitter, like, no, we've patented that?
1: Ooh, we've patented the four emoji response or whatever it is now. So that's interesting.
0: And then you'd have to remember what the equivalency is between the platforms. <sighs> See, that part just pisses me off. There's,
1: there'll be an app for that. Don't worry.
0: Old guy rant
1: continues. All right. Your number three positive.
0: My number three positive. Um, actually I struggled putting this as low as number three. I, I wanted it to be closer to one, but there's so many, I guess I did have so many good things. My number three positive was the Apple watch and fitness trackers in general. Um, Apple watch kind of came to the largest prominence early in the 2010s with that whole scheme and the connectivity. I just like having, it's very futuristic having all that stuff on your wrist. And I have the mentality where it doesn't consume me, even if people in my household think it might, but uh, I have the ability to focus my attention in many different directions, but I like that it's a constant reminder of your activity level and the ability to track it. I think I love data. Which which version do you have? I am wearing a four, which they discontinued because it was so similar to the five that they launched. So you, Today, you can
1: purchase a 3 or a 5. Do you you have to have your phone close by? Is it near field required?
0: Well, you still get all the functionality of the tracking on the watch. So, like, you can still analyze your heart rate. You can still track a workout. Um, I don't have the LTE version. So, if I want interactivity with my phone yeah i have to be within bluetooth range of it
1: so but it's still a watch if, regardless if i had a dick tracy watch because that's what i think they are i would prefer that it works by itself and i don't have one because i'm in the android uh side of well
0: things. the lte is more expensive and i'm a cheapskate so uh
1: i think my wife has the lte version she's in the apple ecosystem and uh i really wish there were some more options in android and i haven't looked for a while I have a Fitbit, and that's really nice. It has nothing to do with my phone or, or anything, but I think that might be the the future innovation. Where I mean, these phones are huge, and you got to stick them in your pocket. You know, they're just they're just somewhere, or you're going to drop them. But I think if if the phones become exclusively wearable, I think that would be huge.
0: I think we're going there for sure. All right. So your number three, good right? Uh, I
1: already did that one. And- oh,
0: then you're a number three bad. Sorry, I lost track. That.
1: <laughs> uh, my number three bad is the 2016 US election. I realize that is not a <laughs> tech topic.
0: It is, though, because we were basically compromised in a digital fashion from
1: bad actors around the globe. It's the rise of fake accounts, the rise of, of being an expert at being a bully online, the expert of Inflaming people and the exploitation of filter bubbles. So, I think that for me is one of the largest negatives that I could come up with, even though I have two more out of it. <laughs> but <laughs> so I guess it was the third largest thing. Um, yeah. If you haven't
0: watched the Cambridge Analytica special on Netflix, totally encourage you to do so.
1: So, uh, yeah. Ho- hopefully, we won't have a repeat in 2020. But guess what I think, Bob? It's already happening. Yeah. Very good. All
0: right. You're not on Facebook, so you don't see the shit show, but it's already
1: happening. Well, I, I at least see the Twitter side. Thankfully, I don't see it on Instagram, which is a Facebook property. Yeah, but Facebook is the worst. Yeah, I, I don't doubt it. All right. So where does that leave us? Is that your not? <laughs> so my number
0: three bad plays right off of that. Oddly enough, it's weird. It's like we know each other and our friends. Uh, mine is the rise in social media addiction. And the rise of outrage culture, cancel culture, virtual signaling, virtue signaling, and all that bullshit that goes with all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, social media, really big negative, I think, for the 2010s. And I don't see that ending anytime soon.
1: Uh, there's a there's a lot of people who are good at psychology on Twitter. They know exactly how to word it because, like you said, virtue signaling. I'm going to write this in a way. That it'll make me sound superior to everyone else and somehow, you know, gain sympathy or empathy from everyone. It's just like this negativity to propel yourself forward. And people or are very we, good at it.
0: Yeah, or we all should be doing X, Y, and Z. But if you dig into the profile, the person who posted that, they
1: don't do anywhere near X, Y, and Z. And, and another problem is, is the fake accounts thing. The person that's, yeah. you know, we have certain 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 group for certain 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 candidate and they're just flaming each they're playing both sides of it <laughs> and it's hard to tell what's real and what's not um side note facebook attempts to have a real person behind a username twitter does not do you have quick thoughts on on whether making it real person would fix any of that oh uh,
0: no because it's just kind of like the the spam bot issues with web forms, you know, we found ways to kind of mitigate that, but then people figured out that they can just employ people for pennies on the dollar to be the humans, to do the same spam botting and check the box that says I'm not a robot. (laughs) So (laughs) the shit's going to go bad either way. All right, let's go back. We need to shift to a positive. Let's go back to the
1: positive. (laughs) My number two positive is electric vehicles. So very interesting. What's even more interesting is we've had electric vehicles for about a 100 years now. And if you're a historian of vehicles, you would, you know, find where big oil, I'm using air quotes, is basically killed off that industry so that we could all have internal combustion engine vehicles. And we all like, hell yeah, we got muscle cars. I mean, we did it all. But now we're to the point where. Electric vehicles just kind of makes more sense. And it's not even a clock. Now we're at the point where the planet is definitely well, going to die. I, I was going to say, <laughs> I'm actually not into electric vehicles because the planet's going to die. I'm into it for purely economics. Right. And also maintainability. An internal combustion engine has a lot of freaking moving parts and explosions under the hood. <laughs> where an electric- By design. Yeah. An electric vehicle is literally simple. And it, but, Kevin, they catch fire. Well, you know what? So do, car, so do cars yes. with flammable liquids in them. So That combust under the hood. Right. So um, I would like to think my next vehicle will be an electric car or vehicle. But that's a bold statement. However, the reason it's... I'm in a hybrid right now. I'm telling you, Cybertruck is on my list. What I really wish for the future, though, is the infrastructure. Because big oil... Had to put in, had to solve the their distribution problem, too. Hey, you're in the middle of Utah. How do you keep going without, you know, we need fueling stations. Well, we need to figure out a way to have bigger life batteries. And Tesla just got this Wazoo patent, you know, that claiming to have a lot longer battery life. But we also need to be able to charge faster or we need the ability to swap out batteries rather than go and charge a battery you just say hey give me another one and, and charge this one and then you you pay like a propane fee like you you know changing out your grill propane cylinder you know here you go here's my my 20 bucks and whatever so that's my hope and and electric vehicles a huge um kind of an allegory or side to this one right here is i really wish we could harness the, uh, the tidal energy of the moon. You know, when that moon spins around Earth, it does a lot of moving. So the kinetic energy from that and just like turbines underwater, you'd think we would have infinite free electricity at this point. But apparently we haven't figured that out yet. It would definitely contribute for sure. So there we go. EV, that's me. That's my
0: number two. My number two positive would be voice assistant services like Amazon, Google. Uh, Siri, all those good ones. So,
1: so real quick, there's a lot of positive there. In fact, my kids learned that this morning that if you say Alexa fart, she will comply. Oh, so you need to. Try, I'll be trying that later. You need for to sure. try that out um, on the big speaker. <laughs> it's, it make you giggle. So there's <laughs> that, uh, and then if I if I go ahead and put on the tinfoil hat here and and say, well, we we do invite surveillance state into our home with all of these things there's that so we
0: have an episode for that as well um yeah once again i think the big disclaimer on these these lists is i think the underlying technology is the positive the use of that technology is where things get totally sketched out
1: black mirror all right so no your number two bad my number two bad um you our our last few ones here are definitely going to overlap so um, as it's written on my my little notepad here, mental health connection to technology. So I think yeah, technology that was my number three. technology has a huge impact on mental health. And number one is we actually probably get dopamine highs. And then when that dopamine goes away, you are you have a little bit of a withdrawal feeling, but it also creates these highlight reels like instagram is really a highlight reel um the uh let's see the idea that you do or don't get likes Uh, i was talking to a school teacher recently and she's like it's actually become a problem where people get social her students are getting social anxiety because they'll post something and get no reactions or we are now in a world where are you cool i don't know how many followers do you have do you have the new iphone you know, it's like, man, when I was growing up, it was can you catch a football? How tall are you? But now it's what do you possess? What's your status symbols? You know, what's your social network look like? And holy crap, I've seen a lot of people and I I, I really praise them for doing it. And they're like, hey, I need to take a break from social media. It's, you know, it, it's getting too much. I just need to take a break. I'll see you. I'll see you next week or I'll. Or, or uh, I really don't like it when they pick a date. Come back when you're ready. Yeah, but the, <laughs> you know? the
0: giant the giant dick in me, though, uh, says that's virtue signaling as well. Um, don't you wish you were as strong as I am that I can take a break from social media? All right. That's fair. That's totally <laughs> fair.
1: Uh, you don't have to announce it there. How about that?
0: Right. Yeah. Okay. Just do it and be quiet about it.
1: Yes. Um. Do you think there's a podcast version of virtual, Virtue Signaling? And did you just do it, Bob? I'm just asking. Asking for a friend. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, just, yeah. I'm teasing. <laughs> I do it all the time. I'll admit it. So mental health is something I've always struggled with. Um, and technology sort of exploits those flaws sometimes. And it sucks. All right. Back to you, Bob. What's your number two shitty thing?
0: My number two bad thing. We've already touched on this. Apps to collect data and the culmination for now is that whole of the Cambridge Analytics thing, or Cambridge Analytica. So basically, coming out with apps that are viral in nature, but basically designed to help create that uh, 3D avatar, that data avatar of you know citizens around the globe. So that's my number two. It took
1: me. That's a, just shitty. It took me a while to get, figure out that oh wait a second, how how do you. How, the original way of funding a free app is to have it ad supported. And if you didn't want to ad supported, the opposite of that was to pay for it. Well, enter, pick a pick an arbitrary time something mid 2000s, Data mining 2010s. Facebook now incentivizes your free apps to to monetize that way. So you have a, a a menu of things that could happen you could have an app that is ad supported only uh app that is not ad supported but it's facebook supported because they're they're shoveling all your stuff over the fence to facebook or you could have both and then the third thing you could well there's like three and four here the third thing you can have is it's you pay for it and they still send it off to facebook <laughs> right and that's they the still ones still steal your data and that's the ones that really pissed me off uh especially amazon it's like wait a second I'm, pay- I'm a Prime member. I'm paying you 120 bucks a year, and you still have these fucking third-party cookies that say, hey, would you like to buy that whatever? No, I don't. And when I do, I'll come back, or I'll buy it where the fuck I want. Okay. But here, I take this music as a trade. <laughs> <sighs> Take these
0: videos as a trade.
1: Oh, my gosh. So
0: Okay, so I want to finish on a good note. So we're going to double down and do okay. the bad ones, our, our number one bad ones, and then we'll go over to our number one good ones. So, How's that sound?
1: Okay, well, I'll make it real easy on mine. My number one bad one was, air quotes, surveillance state. So it's basically what we just talked about, where- <laughs> The culmination. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's the weaponizing, and let's just call it for what it is the theft- of your person, your, your persona, the theft of your persona and the real problem. And, uh, uh, D H, uh, David Heidemeyer Hanson, whatever. Sorry, I can't pronounce your name right. The, the Ruby on rails guy was just tweeting recently. That you know, we know it's bad, but why do we still do it? And I'll tell you why. Because there's so many hands in the cookie jar right now that it's become normalized. It's normal to steal data, and once it becomes normalized, go ahead and try to swim against that current. Because you're going to have clients that say, "Well, I want, I want that too because the competitor's doing this. Why, why can't we do this, Kevin? You and your principals, Why, what, why, why, why should you restrict me? Because I'm, I'm losing an economic advantage here because over here they're getting all this great data from Facebook." Oh, Did you have you watched
0: have you finished silicon valley yet i haven't yet oh keep that in mind as you watch. okay
1: <laughs> <laughs> maybe i'm just in tune or the writers are in tune with the yeah weird. oh Thank yeah you.
0: it's 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 funny because it's true um so my number one is facebook in general uh but the question i wanted to ask you was do you think so we've gone through this top 10 list almost in its entirety for good and bad do you think that the combination of all those good and bad things that we've that we've kind of highlighted today actually contribute to your both of our number ones, that surveillance state that's such a negative?
1: Yes. Okay. It's right. terrible radio. I have one word answer. Yes. No, it's <laughs>
0: but I think that's really what it boils down to. I mean, we've covered a lot of ground. So yeah. Um all right. So let's move to our number one positives. Yeah. Let's let's close it out on our number one positive notes. Do you want to go first? Do you want to go second? Uh,
1: I'll let you decide. I'll go first, and it's really easy. My number one is actually on your list, and you may be surprised how, how high it is, but it, mine's actually the 4G LTE infrastructure.
0: Well, and I debated on that, too, because obviously that 4G LTE made most of the stuff that we've talked about yep, in Possible. everyone's
1: pocket, it's, it's the yeah. enabler of everything else.
0: That That's a good one. Uh, I totally appreciate that. I fanboyed a little bit for number one. Basically, my number one uh, tech positive for the 2010s is uh, Elon Musk. (laughs) (laughs) Everything that fine young gentleman has done from Tesla to SpaceX to the boring company, uh, you name it, even the fucking flamethrower. I'm a giant fan. (laughs)
1: Eating that shit up, aren't you?
0: (laughs) I am. I, I think that, you know, the world needs great minds like his. And yeah, sure, he still makes money doing this stuff, but he spends a ton and he's almost single handedly responsible for saving the United States space, you know, space exploration platform, basically, because NASA's they washed out basically in the 2010s. And he helped bring them back, basically.
1: So I look at Elon Musk as sort of the modern day Thomas Edison, you know, insert inventor here. And it's been, there was a large gap between early 20th century inventors and what we have today. Because there was a lot of just, eh, I don't think a lot of people gave a fuck. You know, we had a lot of wars in there. You know, just, you know, a lot of things happened. So, uh, Mr. Musk, you're not perfect, but damn, you're inspirational.
0: Yeah, I mean, you look at the Facebooks of the world, the Googles of the world, you know, the Amazons of the world, the people that are at the helm of those organizations, they're really not, even if they say they're doing it for the betterment of mankind, I don't really see a lot of positives from what they're doing. And I think our list illustrated that pretty fairly. And I do feel like he's got a little bit of a, at least a, a for the betterment of mankind backbone.
1: So- I would like to point out this is probably going to be the longest podcast to date that we've ever done, and it's close. It's definitely close. Well, you're going to give your your honorable mentions, and then I actually have a list too. So,
0: oh Jesus, okay. So really quickly, because I know that we're you know we are pushing the envelope for length here. My honorable mentions from uh, a negative standpoint, and I think you'll appreciate one of them. Movie Pass uh, is definitely one of my negative <laughs> honorable mentions. I had such potential too. I did, but it's, it was dumb. Um, and then the Xbox, and the Xbox Connect. Um, I bought one in the early 2010s, and I think that the games totaled a number of, like, in the handfuls, and it just was not
1: great. It's kind of like so. the light gun for the original Nintendo with Duck Hunt. You know, they had, like, oh, four games. Well, I would still play Duck Hunt, though. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, All
0: right. And then my, do you want, I, I have positive honorable yeah, mentions it, as well. Yeah, give it. Uh, the commitment to teaching kids how to code in the 2010s. I feel like that was a really big movement with things like Lego Mindstorms and Scratch. So I think that was a good one. And then the Xbox. So I slammed Xbox for the negative, but their adaptive controller that they came out with in the yeah. late 2010s. Uh, the commitment to inclusion in the consumer hardware world, which, you know, unless you're building appliances for the differently abled you know, there's really not much going on in the gaming world for that. So have, I
1: thought that was pretty. Have cool. you actually seen so the those my uh, the television commercials for those controllers? Oh
0: god, they make me ball my face it,
1: off. I was gonna say the same thing. I'm like, man, they're <laughs> freaking touching as hell. All right. Yes, they are. All right, so I'm gonna go through a little differently, if you don't mind. Uh, I've almost got like a timeline, I just walk down memory lane of of things. So in 2011, we had the first Chromebooks. In 2012, we had the first Raspberry Pi. In 2012, yeah
0: that almost made my list too in
1: 2012 we had Windows 8 with the start button fiasco <laughs> that sucked Alexa fart alright Apple Watch was introduced in 2014 um, also in 2014 we had the first 8 core Intel i7 is she farting I hear something. She did. Okay. She did. <laughs> um, in 2015, we skipped Windows 9 and went right for Windows 10. Um, also, in 2015, the AlphaGo event, which we covered uh, somewhat in our great AI debate, I do believe, or at least we had a. Yeah, I think we even talked in about it in the last episode. Yeah, I think we talked about the last episode too. So that that has definitely some talking points around it. Uh, 20, I'm going to, actually, I'm going to go backwards a little bit. 2010 was when 4G LTE was released. Uber, 2011. Slack, 2012. We did cover that. Fortnite was released, I believe, in 2017-ish. Wow. Yeah, it felt closer. Um, and then 2017 also, SpaceX landed their first reusable rockets. And then, um... In 2012, kind of going sciency here, the Higgs boson was first discovered at the CERN Super Collider in Europe. Uh, oh, man. I thought they did that in Batavia. Damn Do you want to guess when the <laughs> Amazon Echo first debuted? 15. Yes, correct. Uh, 2019 saw the first Starlink uh, items go up. Oculus Rift, uh, Pokemon Go, Boston Dynamics robots, drones... Siri, and self-driving cars were all a part of this crazy-ass decade. And then one thing that we'll probably talk about in the future, in 2019, Google achieved quantum supremacy. Bob, do you even know what the fuck that means? I had to look it up.
0: I think they were the first one to actually uh, develop true quantum computing, right?
1: They are, but quantum supremacy allegedly means... It is the, uh, means that this computer can do with a quantum computer that no traditional computer can do. As in, if you use the regular modern day computer to figure, it could never complete the right. Task, right. right, it would just take a crazy amount of time. So, uh, infinity amount of time. exactly. And then, oh, I did forget the most important one that trumps all of this technology. The Bob and Kevin show started in 2017. Ooh, nice. <laughs> I like that one.
0: (laughs) Well, I, I, I can't think of a better way to close it out than that. Can you? I cannot. This
1: was a good one. Also the longest one, maybe.
0: Yes. So if you made it to the end, find us on social media. Have a great week. And we're back on a regular schedule.
1: Hey, have you ever wondered how you can get in touch with us at the Bob and Kevin show? Well, first, you can try us via email at comments at bobandkevinshow.com. Or are you more into social? If so, you can find us on Twitter at Bob and Kevin Show. Or on Instagram as Bob N. Kevin Show. That's Bob, the letter N, Kevin Show. And if you're still on Facebook, you can even find us at facebook.com slash Bob and Kevin Show. And for the serious business fans... You can even find us on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash company slash the dash Bob dash Kevin dash show. How's that for a handle? Let's connect.